There is a fifth dimension. A dimension of sound. Damn it, Frank! We tell him to be quiet. I spill my hot cup of Uranus again. A dimension of sight. Hey, Arch. I'm gonna sock you in the puss. A dimension of mind. Nan Adams, is that you? Ah! Ah! Next stop, the Twilight Zone. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Fifth Dimension of Twilight Zone podcast. I am your host, Nick, as well. Of course, as well. Whatever you want to call it, I am your host. Uh, it's been a long day, so I apologize. Uh, we're here once again to talk, you know, Ross Sterling's uh, famous, you know, uh, eccentric, whatever you want to call it, TV show. It's one of the greats of all time. Uh, as always, if you want to reach us, you can find us on my YouTube channel as well as uh, Amazon Music and Google Play and Apple Podcasts. Rate, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, but today we're heading into season one, episode thirty-one, and um, I don't know where to. I don't know where to go with this episode. <laughs> I uh, I remember really having a guilty pleasure type of feeling with this episode, but this episode is um, a little problematic in what it's trying to do. Um, maybe felt a little different in nineteen sixty, but here it's uh especially for this day and age it's a little little uh a little problematic in what it's trying to do but um as always as i always do we'll go ahead and introduce my two co-hosts uh first is the man who will pull the stick way out of your soul or yeah way out of your soul with his use of his warm wood and that of course is jacob from jacob <laughs> andrews reviews how you doing jacob pull my warm wood out of your ass <laughs> wow okay <laughs> what if i can't reach yeah, I'm, oh what you said some of them definitely i've known some people that that warm wood's way up in there so yeah <laughs> no worries. help somebody else maybe they'll help you but exactly. um i'm good i'm i'm pretty good yeah not a lot going on but this episode looking forward to it he nick is referencing my most recent review of wormwood apocalypse which is a movie i recommend anybody who doesn't have a stick up their ass to check out because it's an awesomely trashy movie that's just really fun check that out yeah on that just reviews and stuff and twilight zone i know watch that whole episode or the whole review including the end it's fantastic so um, oh yeah i have um, i have a, 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 a what do they call it a PSA in the end, and I'm here to help you. <laughs> Anybody out there who needs help, I'm here to help. He's got a 24-hour hotline. <laughs> Just refer to that video. <laughs> and of course, that video, or and of course, that person speaking is the woman who's so good at the trivia potions. She found a new way for a uh, new way for a chaser, which is a gin and juice that didn't come out right at all. <laughs> I wrote these quickly, okay. people. Uh, but that, of course, is you know. <laughs> The fact that Triv from Trivial Theater is a drunk, as we all know, she what? likes the, the gin and juice. No, I'm kidding. No. Um, no do we need to have a talk uh, here? Yeah, I can't I even hold a glass. I feel, like we can, I feel like this is a conversation we should have in private. Yeah, no doubt. It, it's it's actually my cry for help. I, I, I'm curious. I'm on the gin and juice. You know how it is. I, I love my... Uh, alcohol yeah because really you got you drink like Pulling one beer street. and you're you're done for like the entire week <laughs> i know right i'm uh i'm very much what do you call it, lightweight i guess you yeah, could you're say a, you're a super lightweight you're like you're like teenage girl level you know first beer level i know right teenage <laughs> wasteland that is true so, yeah uh but clearly they are the party tricks of my heart as always so they can you mean uh, we're not the hot shots of your heart i would yeah, i mean you could be the uh the what is it called the glove cleaners of my heart yeah exactly <laughs> i have a question about that later but we'll, oh, when we get to it yeah. when we get to it 
Well, apparently Wikipedia already has your answer. So from what really? I'm seeing here. Yeah. Yay. Um, but anyways, you know, it, this is an episode that is very much a, a humorous, weird episode. It is, of course, season one, episode 31, uh, which is called The Chaser. It's directed by Doug, uh, Douglas Hayes. Is production code one seventy three thirty six thirty six. So I think this is the last episode recorded of the season. Uh, aired May thirteenth, nineteen sixty, and stars George Grizzard as Roger, John McIntyre as Damon, and Patricia Berry as Layla. So yeah, the Chaser. Um, we've been dealing with a couple really heady episodes recently. Probably two or three in the last mm-hmm. few episodes. Did you guys, I, I, I'm pretty sure, I think, Triv, you, you know this episode, right? I actually don't remember this one. And I'm not oh, sure if I just, I, I'm the only one. I, I don't know if I just missed out on, on seeing it or if I, you know, you, you, you see so many of them and like, there are some that don't stick with you. I feel like this one would have stuck with me. You would think so, but I have some problems with it. As you can tell, I have some problems with this episode. No way. Um, That's yeah. crazy. I mean, did you guys expect this episode to be more lighthearted? Did you have any expectations for this episode? I mean, usually when there's a really good episode, there's usually the next episode is really terrible or somewhat bad, I guess you could say. But I mean, Jacob, did you go in with any expectations at all? Um, I didn't go in with expectations because just based on the name, I wasn't I didn't remember it. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. episodes like that, though, that I'm like, I don't just based on the name. I can't place it except for things like, you know, uh, to serve man and stuff like that. Once I started watching it, I remembered this episode. I remember this episode vividly. I didn't remember an aspect of the end of it, but the reason I remember this episode and I do think of it fairly fondly is because an episode of one of my favorite shows ever, one of my favorite episodes of one of my favorite shows ever in the 90s, did a version of this they they adapted this episode into their show and that would be tales from the crypt they did loved to death and that has always been one of the few, one of those episodes that stuck out in my head and i think about periodically whether this one did it better or they did we'll talk about it in a little while but that that's what immediately like one of my second notes while watching this because i was like this is really familiar and one of my second notes was i think there was a tales from the crypt episode with andrew mccarthy based on this and when I looked it up, sure enough, there was. And I was like, yes, that's that's I why mean, I, I like this episode. Go ahead. Right. It, I mean, it's it looks easy, like, oh, good. I was just going to say, it's an, it's an easy episode to adapt. It's not very, what I would call, um, smart in a lot of aspects. It's more just an episode that has the basics of something that could easily be turned into something else of another show. Or, you know, it's also been turned into a short story or episode was adapted by a short story. I mean... It's pretty basic in what it's trying to do, but what were you going to say, Trev? I was just going to say, I was looking at the trivia on this, and I'm not sure if they screwed up the trivia on this or or what. Does Tales from the Crypt go back to the 50s? The comic book series have... does. Okay, because it says the short story was also adapted in 1951 for, Tales from, or for the Tales from the Crypt comic, where it was retitled Love mm-hmm. of Death or Love to Death. Then it was adapted in 1991 to Loved to Death with no exclamation points. So yeah, that, I don't know. If, in 1991, was, that would have been the TV show right. on HBO. In the 50s, that was the comic book Tales okay. from the Crypt and Baltimore. I was trying to figure it out if they if there was a grammatical or like a an error in there or what. Because yeah. Anyway, no, that's good to know. So yeah, it was in both on both ends. It was a Twilight Zone yeah. sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I like sandwiches. 
yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, a lot of people don't know that T- Tales from the Crypt what is is actually the movies and the show are based on comic. They're comic book show and movies. Well, that, makes, so. that makes sense given the didn't the movie kind of take a comic book type of no i'm thinking of no it did it had um the movie the movie had one of them because there's more than one movie i can't remember if demon knight which was the first tales from the crypt well the first updated tales from the crypt movie or if it was bordello of blood one of them had like title screen or something that was comic book bordello of blood actually broke the fourth wall at some point like in the beginning before it went to its actual story so it might be that one I, well, I always get that in Creepshow. All shows. start with the Crypt Keeper, Crypt Keeper, of course, breaking the fourth wall. And yeah. Talking to the audience. Always good. I can't remember much about Bordello Blood except I think Dennis. Who? Yeah, Dennis I Miller. The guy who's in. Yeah, Dennis Miller. I want to say Dennis Leary, but he has Dennis Miller, and I don't think I liked it that much except for the the main vampire chick. The one I know this is off topic, but I just remember the little <laughs> cheer she did when she's she jumps out of out of fucking nowhere she's sitting there talking to somebody and she jumps over here and the stage light comes on and she's in a cheerleader outfit and she goes three two wait no not one two three four no she says three two one i can't remember she says i don't know it ends with you can watch me masturbate that's all i remember (laughs) maybe three six one eight you can watch me masturbate yeah, it was eight. It was two, four, six, eight. You can watch me masturbate. Oh, yeah. She was like dancing around like a cheerleader. And it was just out of fucking nowhere. And I don't think the rest of the movie is any good. No, it's been a while. <laughs> I don't remember it being any good. But I like that part. Probably depends on who you ask. Well, yeah. I know um, that was Demon funny. Knight. Well, Demon Knight was the was first awesome. movie. And then uh, William mm-hmm. Sather actually appeared in the first episode of Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, he was uh, the one with the... Uh, the hand cut. Was that getting his hand cut off or something like that? No. It was the one the directed by Walter one, Hill. Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Or the... The, the one with the the crazy uh the, the insane patient who dressed up like uh, santa claus yeah that was i don't know if that was the first one that might be a twilight Garbage zone Day. thing where it's like one's uh, uh filmed first but this one was shown first i don't know but i know that was the i think that's the first one to air i don't know pretty sure it was could be wrong actually that's what that's a series we need to do if they would ever release it on fucking you streaming i know if you, any i think you I'm have surprised it's not on hbo max because this guy yeah it has issues with his D- fucking clearance things or whatever but oh well um so uh chaser yes. uh, tangent yes. over <laughs> yes the chaser is a really interesting episode and i've talked about this before but it starts it opens up in like a really hammy way i guess you could say where we basically see this guy rogers um shackleforth played by george G- grizzard he's holding up the phone booth apparently there's like one phone booth in this entire city that like a whole line <laughs> has started to uh you know form and they're all angry it, it's the funniest thing i've ever seen it, it this episode is heart. It has a lot of like um, lighter tones to it, but it's still a dark episode. You know, he's waiting there and all of a sudden this like guy in a hat comes walking in and he like gives everybody a dollar. And I'm like, man, I wish I could get a dollar. I'll give you my spot for a dollar. But then the old I'll lady, do the like, lady. Yeah. she's like, I want two dollars. I'm like, woman. Hey, she's at the front of the line. Hey, she was right line. though. She said, yeah, exactly. Why is my, why is number three worth the same as mine? two dollars exactly what my two dollars should have asked for yeah. three i bet you she would have gotten it yeah get that nickel beer yeah, exactly. um <laughs> before we continue i'm gonna let uh jacob read the uh opening narration 
and uh because it kind of starts like right there mr roger shackleforth age youthful 20s occupation being in love not just in love but madly passionately illogically miserably all consumingly in love with a young woman named layla who has a vague recollection of his face and even less than a passing interest in a moment you'll see a switch because mr roger shackleforth the young gentleman so much in love We'll take a short but very, very meaningful journey into the Twilight Zone, which I want to point out. This is the second week in a row they have you said the words the Twilight Zone in the opening Ooh. for the first time. I, Last week was the first time. This is the second time. I think this is actually wasn't. I think we were talking about this a, a while back, but, you know, I think this was the start of like him using the Twilight Zone at the end in the opening narrations. That, that um, was last week as well, I think, or something like that. Yeah, yeah last there, week was only... the first time ever. Yeah, yeah. But I'm looking ahead just at the other episodes, and the same thing. There's like, it says the Twilight Zone after the opening narration of each episode. So I remember that watching episodes going, like the early episodes going, wasn't there always a Twilight Zone at the beginning? The thing about this thing that makes me laugh, you know, Rod, you know, this guy, George Grizzard, is not 20 years old. He doesn't look 20 years old. He looks like he's in his 40s or at least late 30s um because he's born in 1920 actually yeah born in 1928 so it's <laughs> i'm like I, I don't know it just makes me laugh when they go he's in his 20s no he's not well, if you've so, ever watched any b movies like the people that are supposed to be coming out of college or even high school are bordering 40 or 50 you said he was born yeah. in 28 yeah so he would have been 33 i guess yeah. maybe 32 when this was shot yeah yeah so I, I can understand if they said, I get why they made him 20 because it seems more realistic that this would happen to a young guy. Like when we get into, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but when I started hitting my thirties and kind of, you know, moving past the thirties, I don't get this excited about, you know, finding the next, you know, woman in my life or man or however you proceed. And it just feels like the twenties is a perfect reason for this episode, but I don't, I don't know if you guys feel the same way or not. That's just how I, I kind of look at life now getting close to my you know getting close to the 40s i'm just like yeah maybe i'll find someone maybe not i don't know Where, where's the next uh chair i can sit down and just watch tv you know that type of thing it comes so. up to me like yes as like you know desperate to get some you know laid kind of guy but he just strikes as such a nerd even though he doesn't have like the glasses and the you know like the um like the nutty professor style look he just mm -hmm. the way he behaves makes me think very much of just like classic nerd of that era yeah like revenge of the nerds. psycho that too <laughs> <laughs> i mean he yeah yeah he is nerdy i mean he doesn't have like the whole seymour crowborn thing going on but he he's definitely kind of uh i i think maybe that's why they did the 20s because the idea especially back then was you know by the time you're in your 30s he's got somewhat of a head on your shoulders in and your you're 20s, married you're with a like three idiot. kids yeah yeah, you're a fucking idiot in your 20s. And uh, only young 20-year-old kids are the ones who fall head over heels madly in love with people like that and, you know, throw all of the things to the wayside. Yeah. You know, Which she'd have an OnlyFans. It's not true. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How the, also, I'm sure we'll get to it, but how the hell do these people know each other? Because she just does not give a shit about this guy. What is their relationship? Did they go on a date one time or something? I mean, it never really goes into like how these two know each other whatsoever. Because she is aware of him. 
And I mean, he knows her. He goes up there. She decides to have that glass of wine with him. Why are they even involved with each other whatsoever? I mean, we know why he is, but how did this happen? I'm curious. It sounds like he he was at a party or a dance hall or whatever they did in the and I'm guessing this takes place in the 60s if I if I'm looking at it properly. Yeah, it's modern day and, by their by their recollections. Yeah, I'm just assuming he saw her and they struck up a conversation and she's like, "Cool, have a nice day. You know, one day I'll I'll let you possess me or something like that." But <laughs> I don't know. It just It's massive stalker. Like yeah. just totally, yeah. I know in the cuz I only have the Tales from the Crypt episode to go off of. Mm-hmm. Um, in that version, he they both lived in the same apartment building. And I think she was a model. And he was like an artist or something like that, if I remember correctly. And he was just kind of more of a loner type, you know, stayed to himself, kind of quiet. And he always saw her in the hall. And they knew each other as far as like, like in the same built, living in the same building. But he always like fantasized about her. And he like slowly developed this crush, fall in love with infatuation with her. And she didn't want really anything to do with him that way. Do you think that's the problem with this episode is, was it our Tales from the Crypt episodes? They're usually what, an hour or is it 30 minutes? Uh, I think they're they're like 45 minutes, something like that. I don't think they're an hour. No, they weren't an hour. They may have been 30 minutes. Oh, okay. I can't remember. There's no way that episode was an hour. I thought Tales from the no, I'm thinking Tales lengthy. from the Dark Side were always 30 minutes. I don't know about, about Tales from the Crypt. I don't know about all of them, but I know that particular one. There were some shorter episodes. I know that, like the one with uh, Christian Slater, and it, it was a, a short, it was only like 20 minutes long. But I know that that particular one, it does follow this one, with the exception of the very end, it follows it very closely, like mm-hmm. as far as like the, the, the beats and how it works out and um, what happens. It's very, very faithful ish they changed some of the characters around a bit but i mean more or less it's pretty much the same thing but the ending is a bit more hard-hitting for the that one or this one i'm assuming you're talking about the tales from the crypt the tales from the crypt one yeah <laughs> it's, it's yeah, there's not very much hard-hitting we'll, we'll stuff about, in this <laughs> no we'll see that's and that's the only thing i couldn't remember about this one i was like i know exactly how the tales from the crypt one ends and I knew this one was familiar. I was like, yeah, I know. I've seen this. I, I remember. But I couldn't remember how they were going to end it. I knew that they were not going to end it at least exactly the way the Tales from the Crypt one ended. They couldn't. But um, I was wondering if it was going to be similar, at least in its idea. It was not. Yeah. I mean, what's this? God, I really don't like this episode, apparently. Um, well, we'll talk about it, and no, I know, and, you know, yeah, yeah, no, I know, I know, yeah, I uh, see if I can sway so, you <laughs> <laughs> like last week. Um, okay, so the guy in the hat, the one that you know pays the money to skip the line, he offers a card to Roger's character, which is a card for Professor Damien. Which I think I, I have theories about Damien's character, whether he is a I mean, you could tell from the ending whether he's like a, a demon character or he's a, a wizard of some sort. But, you know, we'll talk about that. But he Roger, this is like Roger takes a card and, you know, not surprisingly enough, he actually walks to the Damien's house. And I don't know about what you guys think, but the jazz stuff, jazz music and the entrance into Damien's house is really cool and really effective. It's weird. Neat. It's did it's it seem strange. familiar? 
the door or the the music in those parts. I know what music <laughs> you're talking about. I, I, can, I have a I note. Can place it. Did it seem familiar? It because it oh oh yeah, it's from something. Yep, now I get that one hundred percent. Triff can probably back me up, but as soon as I heard it, I was like, "That is from another episode." Yep. <laughs> one of one and of then, our favorites. One oh, of it's from the fever, isn't it? Favorites. Yeah. <laughs> no, is it the fever? No, it's from Four of Us Are Dying, isn't it? No, it's is from it the, the fever. fever or is it the... Okay, I thought according it was from to the, the trivia, it's it's from the fever. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I knew it was from one of the worst. I thought it was the Four of Us Were Dying, but I knew it was from one of our top, our bottom, bottom like two or three, and I thought it was Four of Us Were Dying, but yeah, that's what it's from. I knew it. as yeah, soon as I heard this. it, I was like, oh. You don't think it you don't you don't think it works in this episode? I do, but I just think it had like a, a it has this negative connotation to it for me now. When as soon as I heard it, I got PTSD. Well, <laughs> I didn't ruin it or anything, but I was like, oh no, no, no. <laughs> Wash that away. I don't want that. <laughs> Nick, one other thing to your point, uh, you were saying the the name, like the when they go to see Professor A dash or A dot demon. Oh my Damien. god, is it I didn't even know yeah, it's a demon. Yeah. yeah. There we they go. Spell so it like, fucking demon. He's there like are demon. there are parts of the world that spell demon that way too. Yeah. Not in here, right. but there are like uh there are certain cultures that spell demon just like that. But also those cultures, demon doesn't mean the exact thing that it does here. It is still a supernatural thing, but whatever. Right. We well, and I oh, think shit. it's pretty clear that this guy is, you know, supernatural in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, but how that when falls he disappears in the end. Yeah, <laughs> I I did not pick up on that. Holy shit, Professor okay. A da- Demon, yeah, Professor that's, that's a- fucking Demon. awesome. I, I got to give him credit for that. But um, the entrance. I mean, you could even the- take it to uh, the Northern Lights uh, series or Golden Compass, as a lot of people know it. They say Demon a lot in that, but that's how they spell it. Is like that. Interesting. Yeah, that well, makes a lot Dave- more sense now. Yeah. Well, no, what I was gonna say was the entrance into Demon's house was really kind of striking. Because the door opens mm-hmm. with the jazz music and it's just a blackness. And then there's a, you know, the doors open, the whatever you, the, whatever you call those doors. Um, and I thought that was like a really effective way to show that this might not be of the universe. This might not be of our world. This might be a like a uh, alternate dimension or something like that. And I just thought it was a cool way because it, it op- the doors open up and it goes straight into Demon's uh, workshop or his study or whatever. And I thought that was a really cool thing. I don't know what you guys thought about it, but now I know about that music too. <laughs> no i thought it was striking it was a, it was a neat turn of phrase and even the way the lighting was inside like once you got inside the space like it was all lit from the bottom so you kind of got the the shadows on demon's face and um as well as robert's or Ro- robert roger robert? Uh, roger roger and just the bookcases hey. like those were just like they, they kind of and you, <clears throat> eventually you did see the ceiling but up until that point like they kind of went up forever that was kind of neat just uh, just look back just for a second. I was looking at something else and I happened across this. A question we had a minute ago, how long were Tales from the Crypt episodes? The episode that was based on this episode we're talking about today was 47 minutes long. So mm-hmm. not quite an hour, but, and they didn't have commercials on HBO. So I don't, usually yeah. you get that 45 minute time because it's an hour slot with, you know, 15 minutes of commercials. So I don't, I don't know why 47 minutes, but whatever, 47 minutes. <laughs> nice yeah, we got paul popping all those hbo uh new show ads and stuff like that there you go um, yeah from the beginning of the end and the whole coming yeah. in 
that actually um i actually have to go back for a second um so he finally gets a hold of layla and of course she doesn't have any interest in seeing him she's annoyed by him she tells him to take a flying jump over the moon basically and uh she ends up hanging up on him but it's just funny because this guy's like love lauren with this woman who has no interest in him and he's gonna make the terrible decision later on to uh you know drug her in a lot of ways but so he goes in and he sees damien who's just kind of looking at his books or whatever and in the process of everything uh roger's like damien's like what can i do for you and he's like i don't know i don't even know why i'm here he's like yes you know why you're here and um he's like you know starts talking about layla and his her infatu- his infatuation for her and not you know reciprocating i guess you could say but he offers her he keeps offering him glove cleaner which if according to the wikipedia page glove cleaner is not a uh, uh antidote i guess you could say it's comp- something completely different which i didn't get that um i i didn't get that concept as i was watching this episode but he offers the the glove cleaner for a thousand dollars which plays into a really kind of interesting moment in this in this series or this episode but he but instead he gives him the love potion for a dollar and I got to ask you, when you, you, this episode doesn't really have what I would call a twist at all. It's already kind of put out in the open. But did you guys catch on to the fact that he was charging $1 for the love potion and then kind of a foreshadowing the glove cleaner for $1,000? Did you guys plan? Did you guys like think about that? Like it was kind of an interesting turn of events for our demon's character. With any of these episodes, you know that it's going to take him down one road and then there's going to be something that doesn't necessarily fix it, but turns it around and puts it in a different direction or tries to teach a lesson or does something like that. I mean, he even says, like when he hands out the love potion, that it's the cheapest thing that he sells because the kind of love that he's talking about is is cheap and it's not real and it's passing. Infatuation. Exactly or lust or whatever so no absolutely yeah. it, it was pretty straightforward there wasn't there wasn't a lot of nuance but movies like their uh episodes like this you don't need that he's a drug dealer he is I was thinking <laughs> this first hit for you know cheap but the shit you really want that's gonna be expensive <laughs> i guess going into this i was also like i, I had an unfair advantage because i knew what the glove cleaner was so i can't really say how i, I would approach it without that knowledge because i've seen this story since i was a little kid so it's like i can't remember what it was like when i first i remember being kind of like the end like oh my god wow but um back then but i already knew what the glove cleaner was when he started talking about it is the glove cleaner because like poison? i said like what is yeah. it? it okay that's what i figured that's right because yeah. see th- based on the way that this episode ends to you don't get the full see that's where tales from the crypt went all the way mm-hmm. um yeah it's poison the only cure to the there is no cure there is no antidote to the other stuff it, you just they die you have right. to die i figured as much especially when he's like you have to do it like right away otherwise you'll lose your 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 you'll lose the ability lose to your balls do, yeah exactly thank you I was trying to be nice about it. <laughs> so elegant in the way that I, yeah. you know, I, I, I phrase hey, things. Straightforward is the best sometimes. No balls. He definitely lost his <laughs> balls in this episode. Oh, man. Um, well, so did I she, think... really. <laughs> <laughs> she did. Um, no, yeah, yeah, true, true. Um, and he, of course, 
Roger takes the potion or takes the love potion. And, you know, uh, of course, uh, Demon says, if it works, he'll be the happiest. Or Roger says, if it works, he'll be the happiest man in the world. We can obviously see that's not going to happen be as part of the second act. But um, I think I think it's just funny if you think about it, like we all want that thing like it doesn't matter what it is we all want that thing we want you know love or money or whatever it is and if we get it and we're handed to it or if we you know rob a bank or whatever it's never going to make you happy it's going to do something that will affect you as a whole and i thought i think that's what this episode is and it's and it says outside of like be careful what you wish for be careful what you do um i just think it's a you know the thing you want if it isn't what you want and then you abuse it then it can come back and bite you in the ass basically but well, i think a lot of it you, is good and and i know it, it's actually elaborated a little bit more on but still mm-hmm. kind of vague in the tales from the crypt episode and i keep referencing that because they are so similar but um in this one i think what they're trying because this isn't like you said this isn't a heady episode not at all (laughs) they're not a whole lot of subtext but there's a little bit and i think the subtext that is there in all seriousness is that he's not in love with her he's in lust with her he's infatuated he does not know this woman to love her he just wants to possess that so he's given that but it is kind of like i'd be careful what you wish for it's kind of like rocky with uh, mr pip and all that a few episodes back this is what he thinks he wants, but it's not really what he wants. I mean, he knows that her love isn't real and he doesn't want what goes along with that infatuation. When that infatuation is returned, he doesn't want that. He, yeah. he just, he thinks he wants that. Like he doesn't know this person. So when he gets that, he's like, Oh God, please make it stop. And <laughs> I can, I can actually, that's one of those things that, I mean, when you see it in the episode, you're like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I get it. But it is kind of hard to fully, like fully understand it realistically unless you've experienced it i i can't honestly say not to get too personal i dated someone before who i've had lots of bad relationships or i've had mainly one main bad 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 relationship to where nothing was returned and that does make you want you know Mm -hmm. to to have you know feelings and and things returned and i can imagine if someone just never has had that like it seems like this guy is he focuses on something he's like i just want this i want it in return i want to give it and i want it to be in return when you get that to that degree sometimes which i did at one point sometime later it's like oh my god just stop (laughs) when you're like sitting on the couch and you're watching tv and you feel like you look over and the person's just like like forever like just staring at you creepily and you're like what i mean you know you get that every now and then it's fine but every time you're being watched and like you look over and they're just like i'm just looking at you and it's just like non-stop it's like okay okay it's just like jesus i don't want to sound that insensitive here but chill the fuck out and if that's like day in day out after a while you're just like oh my god leave me alone what do you want to do tonight whatever you want to do you need me to do something for you? Hey, what do you want to watch? Whatever you want to watch. What do you want to eat? Whatever you want. Oh, what the fuck do you want to eat? <laughs> Let me smoke and, in and your like, pipe all day. That way when you get home, it's perfect for you. Yeah, that was great. But I mean, <laughs> so yeah, I can I can absolutely relate to that. I've been there and I'm like, you know, yeah, this is a definitely a situation where you're, be careful what you wish for and what you think you want might not be exactly what you want. 
The yeah, other thing I, want... I found interesting was like, it, and and I know it's not quite that case, but I think for him it was just as much. It was more about the pursuit of things. It's like anyone that mm-hmm. you know you, or even like you uh-huh. said with Rocky, that's actually a really good um, comparison. It was the the thrill of of doing it that made it worthwhile. You know, once he had it, it's like, well, what do I do now? I I can't sit on the phone and and make people, you know, pay bets or pay um, bribes to be able to get folks out of line. Yeah, it's the hunt. It's the game. It's like that happens in dating with a lot of people, too. Oh, yeah. is, is like, oh, while that while that courtship and that hunt is going on, if you will, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, this is exciting and new. But then, you know, once things have gone down and that's over and it's just, oh, you're like, eh, I don't I like the hunt, not necessarily you. Nothing against you, but uh, <laughs> you know. exactly. So people tend to lose interest after that excitement's gone and that once again like you said and i said it goes back to the whole i can't remember the name of the episode but the rocky and mr pip episode and that's what this one i think to a degree that's what this one is showing as well same yeah, kind of a thing a, just a different just a slightly different twist on it yeah, yeah. and it does it actually make a good point with that episode it's um so i'm gonna find it a nice place to visit? No. no. Yes, yeah, nice yeah it was a visit. nice place to visit. Was that it's it? It's a good mirror. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good mirroring of those two episodes. Like they have kind of the same purpose, really, if you think about it. They get what they want, but it's not exactly what they want. So slightly left of what they want. This one's yeah. a little bit more lighthearted. So he knocks on the door. Uh Layla comes out in her nice, you know, gown or whatever, probably uses it for only. Oh, it's fans, a nighty. It's, that's that's her yeah. nighty. Yeah, she was clearly expecting it. someone else. By the way, I just want to yeah. throw that out there. <laughs> but damn, did you see how many layers she had on? Like, even though it was a nighty, there was like fifteen layers going on. I'd be tired after like three. That's how they did, man. The women went out all out back then. I mean, some of the guys too. Look yeah. at everybody dressed back then. I couldn't do it. Oh, the smoking jacket from that. By the way, if I <laughs> let me look it up quick. Um, yeah, I saw that. I saw. I can't remember what it uh, was. But yeah. Crap. Oh, same smoking jacket worn uh, worn by Rod Taylor in the time machine in 1960 yeah that's pretty cool love that movie same exact hand-me-down clothes yep um but he 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 knocks on the door she answers she tries to close the door he does the creepy man thing where he just like i'm gonna enter in whether you like it or not you know he closed the door she can't shut it (laughs) (laughs) i got alcohol (laughs) (laughs) the world's smallest Uh, wine bottle He says it's a mini bar wine. Claude. Oh. I don't know if you put this for your lexicon. A silly uh, sophomore Claude. A silly. I had a flying take a flying jump over the moon. The silly sophomore Claude. Yeah, she says that to him, and then she lets him in because he wants like five minutes, and he gives her flowers, and he has a you know the course of champagne, and she's like, okay, I'll give you five minutes, but I'm gonna go change. I'm like, if you want him out. Uh, maybe it's the time i don't know but i'm pretty sure for five minutes why would you change into something uh, uh, i don't know because it's, it's it, weird i'm sure it was probably a center thing like had she stayed in the in the nighty, that probably would have given him like quote unquote car blanche to uh that she was interested maybe she's asking for it yep exactly <laughs> <laughs> not you kind of just thing. generally no. he also says and i yeah. i looked it up and i can't find it but he said something like that's millennial or that's that's like so millennial or something along those yeah, lines it's like millennial yeah exactly yeah. and i couldn't find exactly what that meant 
Um, I mean, you can kind of guess at what it means. Like, oh, that's spectacular. Oh, that's, that's you know, one in a million or something. But now it specific. means something completely different. Yeah, exactly. It's like a ball. <laughs> yeah, from millennials. Um, okay, so she goes to change. Roger roofies her in pretty much what that's what he's doing. He's putting this potion in. He's basically, this is where I start really having problems with this episode. He is basically... Um, taking her for his own against her own will i don't know once again we talked about this a couple episodes ago even last week there's some fucked up shit going on in the twilight zone i mean to be, <laughs> do you agree there's yeah. some fucked up shit going on in this series and excuse my language but i just have to say it's just he he literally is taking a potion and turning her against her own will and um man Robert, yeah but <laughs> i don't i don't I, I don't he, know. I'm, he, just, I'm, I'm going too far, I guess. I think no, you, you make I mean, a point given. That's... Go ahead. Sorry, Jake. No, you finish, finish, finish. Go ahead. I, uh, well, you know, I, I don't have anal beads to be able to do that properly. <laughs> um, <Ooh. laughs> um, I, I think the, the thing that it comes down to is our modern interpretations versus what it was in the 60s. Like, yeah. just from a very cultural, like, normal, normal viewer experience so you know we look at that and we say oh shit you know it's roofied it's you know but you could look at like i don't know there's so many movies that use that trope and Mm -hmm. if you want to take it in a very serious straightforward direction it is a roofie but for the intents and purposes of this and a lot of other movies and tv shows and all the rest that have come out even to this day I think from the humorous perspective, it is something to keep in mind. It's like love question number nine, man. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, technically they're roofing somebody. And I feel like if this episode, the exact same episode, same type of, you know, jovial tone and stuff like that came out, they people be up in arms. They'd be getting their 2020 in our, in our stuff. And it's like, nah, I don't, I try not to look at things that way because I don't think anybody nowadays, and even back in 1960, thought it was okay to take any type of potion or or poison or anything that's going to alter someone's mind state and put it in their in their drink. I mean, I think it was understood then and understood now. Not good. That's that's not cool. But nowadays, people take everything so fucking serious. Something can be trying to have a fun time and just be fun and corny. And they're like, oh, I can't believe they did that. They're making light of this, that, or the other. But back then, it was like, hey, we're just using this as a means to end. It's it's just, you know, it's funny. It's That's not what the show, the episode's about, is her getting, you know, this potion put in there. It's about him getting his. And him getting uh, what what he's been giving and thinking he's getting what he wants and not really. So I didn't look at it that way. I mean, we can make jokes. and well, yeah. No, that's the question I have to ask. And like, do you think Rod Sterling was thinking about that kind of stuff? You know, he like you go back no. to episodes, both the last two episodes. What's that? No, I don't. I don't think he's thinking I about that agree. at all back then. Because I think that that kind of thing, that that trope, Trip said it perfectly, that trope from back then and even all the way up to like the 90s that was just a trope because it was usually in more lighter tone jovial things like this like no i don't think that they were saying it's okay to go roofie somebody but it was just a funny means to an end they give somebody a potion and it alters the way that they think and haha moving on i don't think they were saying it was okay to do that but i also don't think that everybody was so uptight about everything that they watched back then to where they're going to relate you know fantasy 
storytelling to real life on every single level. And I think that that's a problem we have nowadays is we can't watch something and just say, well, that was fun. That was cool. And I mean, it's not realistic or there's some things that if we there pick apart, they're going to be like, oh my God, that's terrible. But that's not what it's about. It's it's not trying to make a statement. Now, I mean, if it was taking it serious, if it had a more serious tone. Sure. I mean, that might be something to look at, but context is everything. With the jovial, yeah. With the jovial tone of this thing. I mean, some people could say, and that's their opinion, that it's not okay to joke about things like that. And you know what? That's your opinion. I think it's okay to joke about just about anything. As long as you do it within some type of good taste. Think about but, the hey, song "Baby, it. It's Cold Outside." Look at how the how that has transitioned over time. You the, know, the yeah, police. That song's canceled. It's canceled off of some radio stations now. Yeah, yeah no, I I get it. I just it was kind of the the things that the Twilight Zone can do sometimes that makes you kind of I guess think about that kind of stuff. But well, yeah, I mean, in the, I guess in the tone of the episode, it makes sense what you're saying. The other thing is too, Nick. I think given that if if we hadn't come off the past two episodes, I, I think you probably like, and I'm not judging your mindset by any stretch because it's valid like everything else. But I do think if we had come off like not two really super hard hitting episodes that talked about child abuse, possibly sexual abuse and, you know, yeah. possible suicide, I think that it would have, it wouldn't have had that because, you know, if we would have come off like more not quote normal, but you know, that like not the depth of seriousness episodes that we did, it probably, yeah. it might've been there, but it probably wouldn't have been there as strongly. Yeah. Like this type of story beat in last week's episode, or especially the week prior to that with the kid. No, it wouldn't have been cool then. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't have worked, but um, I feel like with this tone, it's, that's not what they're going for. Kind of a, I mean, it has, you know, it's ironic twist and all, but, and it's, it has something to say, but it's, it's more of a lighthearted, jovial, wah, 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 by the yep. end, you know, it's, it's not, oh my God, they're talking about child abuse, you know, <laughs> or something like that. It, it was a little bit lighter tone. And, and I think that that definitely makes a difference. Yeah. I mean, basically what happens is she comes out, you know, fully in a nice, you know, outfit gown or whatever. And they toast, she drinks it. And at first it seems like it didn't work to be fairly honest. Cause you know, she's like, Oh, okay. I'll give you a kiss. Maybe she feels pity on him or something like that. Then it starts to, then you can start seeing the potion take effect where she stops him, talks to him, tells him to go away, stops him again, talks to him. And then she just straight on gives him like the full on sweeping kiss. And that's where the episode ends or the, the act ends. The episode continues, <laughs> but um i mean for a first act because it goes from like oh my god roger finally has what he wants to episode the uh second act to be in kind of his miserable life now but i mean what did you guys think about like the setup and because this is a evenly evenly uh sectioned episode where it's like 15 minutes or 13 minutes for one section like 13 minutes for another mm -hmm. section but what do you guys think about where like it started and to the point where it is now as this episode like i said i have I, it's a guilty pleasure episode but like i said you guys might think differently so what do you guys think it feels like you can see where it's going and it's not it's not trying to make any great revelations at least from the offset other than just you know as we've talked about there is a certain level of of of, of subtext that yeah, was all right i mean it's not groundbreaking but yeah it was, it was all right i mean the opening was jokey and cute and you kind of go ah waiting in line for a phone booth relatable 
you know the rest of it yeah i mean it is what it is so i i i think i'm on the when i sit there and really think about it i'm on the same level as true when it comes to that is is fine it was funny i mean i did like how he's just while he's at that phone booth and that line's forming behind him he's just sitting there giving no fucks he's just keeps on going he gives no shits about what's going on behind him i thought that was pretty funny but um i do find it difficult to disassociate this episode with the episode it spawned years later on tales from the crypt like as i'm watching it because they are so similar as i'm watching it i'm just thinking about that one and how much i remember liking it you guys really got to watch that episode. I've got it. We can watch it, by the way. But I just, and every time she showed up, the woman, Layla, I think, um, all I could think about, I just saw Meryl Hemingway, who was, who played that character in the other one. And she plays it up so over the top in the Tales from the Crypt one. So I, I don't know if I was enjoying what was happening on screen more, or if I was enjoying the, you know, reminiscing about the thing that I grew up with that is based on this more. <laughs> so I guess if I look at it realistically, subjectively, yeah, it was it was fine. The setup is not like amazing, but it was like, okay, something more is coming. What's it gonna be? Even though I already knew, but yeah. It was it was fine. I didn't think I don't think I, I enjoy this story, but I don't think it's like top tier, top 10 Twilight Zone. I mean it's yeah it's a very enjoyable episode that is fairly simple and just yeah they all have something to say it has something to say but it's kind of like it's not nearly as heady there's not nearly as much stuff to talk about with it it's just like hey here's a ironic thing to talk about this happened pretty simple the the one thing i will add and it's it's relevant but it's i suppose it's one of those things of the time where like you know like listen to your elders kind of a deal or the voice of experience you know damon from the minute that Roger shows up, he's like, well, I know, you know, he basically repeats everything that Roger is trying to tell him about this great love that he has and all this stuff. And then he's like, you're going to be back and you're going to spend the thousand bucks, basically, you know, and all that stuff as it goes along. And it does, I guess I just spoiled it, but, <laughs> you know, those interactions, yeah. I actually really enjoyed that part of it. I enjoyed more than the actual interactions with Layla. It just, you get yeah. that that voice of reason and yet the cocky young guy that's like you know knows everything and the world is you know the world is his oyster and you know screw your opinion old man you know that kind of a thing more so than it knows everything definitely knows everything but he's all like oh no no i'm different you don't get yep. it my love is real my love's more and the guy's just like okay sure yeah it is um you'll be back <laughs> and uh yeah i bet you feel this way and that way and oh yeah yep. yeah yeah exactly sure go ahead go do what you're gonna do and he even tells him exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. He tells him, you think this is what you want? See how that works out. Let me know. I'll see you when you come back. You're going to be just like all the others. That others. That's why I give this away so free. There's like no real like trickery going on by this demon guy or at all. He's straight up with him. The other guy is just blinded by his own infatuation. Yeah. I actually expected, since this was my first time viewing it, I, I didn't like I, I kind of you, you can see where the episode is going and you figured that the glove cleaner was going to come in at the end one way or the other. It, it's not quite the way I thought it was going to go, but I, I didn't really know 100%, but it definitely like you knew he was going to come back at the glove cleaner. After that, what happened was kind of a well, it could go this way, it could go that way. But um, yeah, no, I think that the way it ended caught me and we're not quite there yet but the ending caught me not off guard but just like a, oh okay so that happened so but anyway yeah. let's just say there is definitely a different way it could and has another formats gone oh i'm sure oh. i 
I'm, I'm thinking sensors probably if it had any oh. chance of going in that direction there's no way in hell it was gonna go there the direction it ends up going with the tales from the crypt episode is is what that honestly is what makes it it is one of those this is a top heavy episode or bottom heavy depending on how you want to look at it and this one is this episode is as well as the one that it spawned down the line even the tales from the crypt episode the episode is entertaining and you're watching it and miro hemingway especially is entertaining throughout over the top makes it worth it but it's the end it's the last you know six thirty to 60 seconds well, we'll say a couple of minutes with all the twists that happened there that mm-hmm. absolutely makes it worth it. That is what you remember. Anytime I think about that episode, there is a shot of the very end. That is what I think about. So it's kind of like timing so up it, the last. It's that last, it's that last minute yeah, or yeah, so yeah. that makes it really boom. The whole episode is setting up to that twist in the end. And even with this version, now this version admittedly isn't as hard hitting. I mean, I guess you could, there's implications to this one that without spoiling what the other version does could or could not be worse or, you know, but it, it worse off like a worse way to live. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, it's a whole lot of setup to get to that one big payoff. Mm-hmm. And I mean, sure. Well, like I said, I don't think that puts it in the top 10, but it's still entertaining. I thought I know Nick, you hated it, but <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So the episode that you love, the the one from the um, Tales from the Crypt, Tales from the Crypt, uh, written by Tom Mankiewicz, and Tom Mankiewicz is known for uncredited screenwriter for Superman, Superman Two. He also wrote Man with the Golden Gun, Live and Let Die, Diamonds Are Forever. Wow. Um, directed and wrote Dragnet. If you like that movie at all, the funny one. The one with, yeah. not the show, but the, actual, uh, the one with, with uh, Dan Aykroyd, Aykroyd and, yeah. and Tom Hanks. Somebody yep. Is it and Tom Hanks? Sergeant, Sergeant Joe yeah. Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a weird-ass movie. And, of course, he wrote... Well, the Lady show Hawk. was serious. Yeah. Oh, very oh, Lady much. Hawk is so cool. Lady Hawk's so uh, cool. I remember it being cool. Let's <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually talk about the second act. Um, the potions worked. She's now in love with him. He's trying to read a book. Apparently, he reads books, I guess, because he's a nerd. And um, nerd. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's how that's how they, I guess they say the guy's a nerd. He reads books or whatever. But he puts down the book, and she's like staring at him infatuately or whatever. How you say that word? And um, everything he does, she's like is right by his side, like a a trained dog or something like that. And. He, he's now slightly annoyed by her right he just seems angry by her you know she offers to like put her hands in ice so that she can caress his feet or she offers as she trips it earlier to smoke his pipe when he's at work so he can have a good pipe or whatever I, there's there's thoughts running through my head which i know are not intentional but it's like she's gonna she's gonna smoke his pipe and you know, anyway, yeah. jokes like that. Her love will think, grow and grow and grow. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I know it's not intentional, but I kind of laughed. It's of the time. So oh yeah, absolutely. I feel like this was a missed opportunity for the show. And this is one area where the Tales from the Crypt episode capitalized. Because Tales from the Crypt episode does have a lot more, shows a lot more of them together after the potion has worked. This one did a good job in a small amount of time saying he's annoyed and they you know those few scenes right there did show how okay this over a period of time would drive me crazy apparently they've been married for six months Mm -hmm. the tales from the crypt episode it it really has fun with that it spends a good portion of the episode of 
them in this relationship and how fucking psycho she is because of that and how psycho it drives her so and that's some of the fun the, from what i remember at least some of the most fun i keep talking about meryl hemingway that's when she has goes over the top and has all her fun in the episode and is acting just ridiculously over the top and uh i think that was that was smart of them in the later version to capitalize on that just having a good time with it and this one they had a little bit of a good time with it like everything he said he's just like god just back off she's like i'll smoke your pipe for you all day so it'll be ready for you you know crazy shit like that i thought that was really funny and she caresses him with a a slipper yeah yeah she's she's like you want me to rub your back he's like you just got done rubbing my back she's like i'll do it again (laughs) i they you know that kind of fun i could have dealt with another few minutes of that but i mean i i'm not hating on them for i know they you know 20 minutes 24 minutes yeah but um yeah that was a, a missed opportunity is to have more fun with that right there i thought yeah, she she wants to come with him, but he says, No, you stay here. Yeah, exactly. Me go, me go away. Stay. Roll over. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did uh, also like the way that, like, and I know I'm sorry, I'm going back a no, second, go, but no, like go, 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 go. when when Damien kind of talks him through all of the love potion things, it's like they sat down and said, Okay, what are people's like what would stop this from working? Okay regardless of you know you could step out with another woman she's just gonna love you more she'll miss you you know they covered like they they, they checked off all the things that could possibly go wrong i appreciated that because yeah. they did seem to cover their bases yeah, yeah. it's not like it's gonna be hurt but she won't care yep exactly, <laughs> exactly. it's unconditional like regardless right and it's not like demon said you have to take this potion he's like if you want it it's your own own thing if something goes wrong with this so i like how demons just kind of like I'm a, I'm a bystander. I'm just going to sell it to you, like the drug dealer, sell it to you, and then maybe you want to come back and get the better taste, you know, that type of thing. Um, but he's like, I have to go. And so he goes back to Damon or Demon. And like I said, he goes and talks to him. And, of course, Demon knows exactly where this went. He knows exactly what's going on in Roger's mind. He's seen this a billion times before. And the thing he offers is the $1,000 glove cleaner, which I, I like the fact it's called glove cleaner, but it – it makes me laugh because the idea of the the dollar potion and the thousand dollar glove cleaner is like he knows where this is going so he knows he can make a thousand dollars off because you see him at the end of the episode laughing but you see that he knows this so much well before so he's playing it like you know he's kind of stupid but he's like you know i have this thousand dollar glove cleaner i'm gonna make a thousand and one dollars off of you which i thought was kind of (laughs) funny but but he's straight up with him too he tells him from the get-go You'll be yeah. back for this. He's exactly. Like, I would never do. Oh yeah, you will, because he knows it. <laughs> okay, so so my question is this: so when Roger goes back to see Damien, and Damien says, or he's, or Roger's like, I only have a thousand bucks in my savings, and Damien says that's always the case. Do you think he changes the price based on how much he knows that they have? So if someone only had like eighty bucks, he'd be like, oh, it's eighty bucks. For you, it's a thousand. You know, it basically clears them out of house and home like it's like that's that sacrifice of whatever it is you have probably i mean that does actually make sense yeah how much are you willing to give to get rid of this thing you said you wanted so much yeah do you think um this is just kind of hypothetical like out there in the blue do you think that thousand dollars represents his soul if it's everything he's got it very well could just in kind of a yeah i don't know i thought thought about that I, i i agree with you on that but then you go back and like the fact that he couldn't go through with it 
does that mean that he saves his soul or is his soul still lost if that's the case well he didn't sign anything true give him a dollar (laughs) he Um, did sign over something though he signed over the money he had i really like the line that signed their blood (laughs) i really like the the line that demon gives first the stimulant and then the chaser yeah like yep sounds about right (laughs) for a drug addict yeah no doubt but so anyways um so Roger goes back home. He has the bottle of glove cleaner. Uh, I keep, every time I hear glove cleaner, I'm like, do you have white gloves or something? Like, what's going on here? But he uh, goes back home, and he brings flowers again. This is like a repeat kind of, of the first part. He brings flowers. He has a bottle of champagne. He sends her to like get changed or whatever, gives her the flowers, and then pours the um, glove cleaner because uh, D- Demon says, Make sure you use all of it. Um, he must use the potion immediately, not fail. If he does, it will sour or something of that nature. But he will uh, sour. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You'll shout. You'll sour. Um, then he pours it in there, and she comes out, and they kind of have a wrestle. They wrestle. They tussle. They uh, you know, bustle. Do it. Yeah. They do whatever on the bed or on the couch. I and, call it foreplay. <laughs> well, that too. Um. But he's about ready to give her the glass. And then she's like, I have a surprise for you. He's like, what, is it sex again? He's like, no, here, here's a booty that I knit. <laughs> apparently, apparently she here's has some booty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not that kind of booty. <laughs> but apparently she has in her infatuation of him, you know, being him or whatever. They've had probably sex like 6,000 times. And uh, somehow she has time to make a booty. I, I don't know. I guess it is what it is. But uh, that means that she is pregnant, and uh, he drops the uh, what we find out in the Wikipedia page, as well as Jacob knew this as well. It was really poison. She can't drink anyway because she's having a baby. So he drops the glass, passes out, and she smiles. He's like, like <laughs> excited. I like the way he passed and, out too. He's yeah, like exactly. talking. He just goes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, now I, I want to thought- say, I'd like to say real quick, and this part right here. Right when she says, I got a surprise for you, this episode, I keep talking about the other one, is very similar, more or less in nature. You know, the other one's a bit more raunchy, of course, because it's Tales from the Crypt and years mm-hmm. later. But it, that is where the endings branch. Like this one has its, you know, about 30 seconds after that and everything we explained. The Tales from the Crypt one, it's not much after that either. It takes a, a, a different approach to this whole thing and um i don't know if you guys ever see it I'll, I'll let you be the judge as to which you think is better see now i will say that when i when i came to this point i thought they were gonna pull the classic switcheroo because both glasses were the same color the liquid was the same color mm-hmm. i thought that he was gonna end up screw, screwing it up and drinking the poison himself it's not the it's not um, the poison from my cup it's the poison yours from uh yeah uh, it's a princess bride level thing yeah you may not have been the only person on earth to have thought of that (laughs) (laughs) but if you think that you know that's that's there's more that can also be put into that 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 idea there (laughs) 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 you can be double pregnant (laughs) asshole baby oh (laughs) can we also talk real quick about how the tales anything the but that like <laughs> no so are we talking saying... extra olives oh jesus christ <laughs> yeah. no, can we talk about how tales from the crypt had like the most amazing directing 
uh, core of individuals ever for a TV show. Oh, yeah. Everybody yeah. and anybody who was anybody directed an episode. Hell, Arnold Schwarzenegger even directed an episode. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Yeah, Tom It's Hanks a funny episode, and... too. It's totally him. Nice. So many. Okay. Um, where were we? We were talking about. Well, we got through the of... ending. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. We go some interesting tangents on this uh, series, but um, so yeah, that's the end of the episode. Of course, we see a uh, demon on the balcony smoking a cigar, and as he disappears, there's a little smoke heart type of thing. And it's cute. Um, yeah, it's so adorable. It's so it is. Cute. It's totes adorbs. Totes my goats adorbs. But. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, uh, that I'm gonna I'm gonna do the closing narration now before I forget as I usually do. Uh, so I'll let Jacob read the closing narration that happens actually as this is uh, as he's smoking the cigar. Mister Roger Shackleforth, who has discovered at this late date that love can be as sticky as a vat of molasses, as unpalatable as a hunk of spoiled yeast. And as all-consuming as a six-alarm fire in a bamboo canvas tent. Case history of a lover boy who should have never entered the Twilight Zone. I have a real quick thought that just came to mind. So his last name is Shackleforth? Well, that too. Mm -hmm. But the fact that his last name is Shackleforth? And kind of the shackles. Yeah. I don't know if that's meant or not. but Moving forth? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You were in shekels moving forth. Yep, exactly. Uh, <laughs> possibly. I'm, just, I'm curious. I, I'm um, intrigued by Serling's use of some of his verbiage in this closing. I mean, it's just some very evocative words. Very sticky and unpalatable hunk of spoiled yeast. I don't even know what a consuming <laughs> six alarm <laughs> fire, a bamboo <laughs> canvas tent. Well, that last one makes sense because it's it's lover boy. <laughs> the can you believe he used the <laughs> by the way sir. so anyways um <laughs> what do you guys think of this episode like overall like uh is there do you find it you said i know jacob you said earlier that you find it enjoyable but do you think this is a strong twilight zone episode do you think this is an episode that works for what it's worth do you think this episode could have used more time like what do you guys think and um yeah what do you guys think? I'm going to call this episode by its title and say that it's a chaser for much better stuff that came previously. So it's a good follow-up just to kind of lighten the mood. It's not it's a not great... This. Yeah, very much so. I think that it, it kind of... You're coming off of these really hardcore episodes like you would like a hardcore shot of something. Mm-hmm. And this just kind of, you know, you know, makes it more... You know, it follows it up. It's not as strong. It's normally just like a fizzy thing or water or whatever so as we called it in the industry being a chef myself for years a palate cleanser there you go <laughs> a nice sorbet yes <laughs> and a mousse bouche yeah 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 all that a all meat. That. exactly uh, by the way the oh, name of that movie was ah think big my thoughts what were we talking about what i thought about it, where, where, where it lays in the annals of the twilight zone yes more so just what your thoughts are on it the hot cup of angels. my deep thoughts um i like this episode by jackie yeah see you get i don't i stopped saying it because a lot of people don't get it but anyway 
I I like this episode. I don't think it's as heady as some of the previous episodes. I don't think it's the greatest episode ever, but I don't think it's terrible. It's very top heavy. It totally relies on that twist ending. Um, But that's not to say that the setup and everything else, just because it is such a short format that the Twilight Zone's in, it never gets old. I was never bored. I mean, something like the four of us were dying and the fever, those, they were a lot of, they were some setup too, but they were boring and bad. This one, I was never bored with it. I mean, it was it was entertaining enough. The ending is what totally sells it. Now, I am fully aware that my love of what this spawned years later on Tales from the Crypt absolutely plays into this thing. Because like the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, yeah, I remember that version in this other one. So, I mean, taking that into account, I think, I mean, it's it's a middle of the road one. I think Triv's right where coming off these real heavy episodes we just had, it is kind of a, a palate cleanser. It is kind of a... Hey, let's let's not get too heavy out here, guys. Let's chill out and just have something kind of jovial and fun for this week. And then that's where I think this one lies. I don't think it's terrible. I don't think it's the greatest. I would put it above the middle, in my opinion. It's it's a fun episode. And it's it takes its premise and it has fun with it. And it's just kind of it's, it's just a fun episode. The one thing I will also add to this is being that in by production code, it was the last one to come out. This would have been a terrible last episode of the season move or episode. Oh yeah, this this wouldn't be a good uh, season finale. No, even though it's not like you're concluding a story so much, still you want your season finale to be kind of you know, gripping a big one. Yeah, exactly. Which uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happens in the first season. That ending. How about you, Nick? Uh, you said that this was guilty pleasure for you in previous yeah, I mean, outings. It, it's an episode I find that's fine. I, I find it, you know, it's not terrible. It's not the greatest. It sounds like Love to Death is much, much more fleshed out and what I would want out of an episode like this. It's from what I remember. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> fluff. It's it's fluff. It's an episode that just I think he came up with an idea or he found the story and he liked the story and he had uh Robert Par- uh, Presnell Jr. write the story and maybe took a break and was working on something else. And it just overall it just it is what it is. There, mm-hmm. Like there's always going to be those episodes in any season where it's just going to be the lesser of you know the other episodes, and I think that's what this is. But then again, we still have Mr. Beavis and the Mighty Casey coming up, so I, I should be uh, quiet what I say first. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's just it's a fine episode. It's not it's not offensive. It's you know be careful what you wish for type of thing, and it doesn't do anything to elicit like major deep thinking. It's just like here's a guy. He's infatuated with someone it didn't go very well and he has to live with that the rest of his life so that's kind of where i look mm. at it. and and mm. as we oftentimes say a middle of the road twilight zone episode by and large is better than a lot of like the upper middle of a lot of seas or a lot of shows yeah so where does that put it on the list yeah dum, dum, dum. yeah so uh here we go with our twilight zone list of the you know, rankings that no one will ever be able to come up with anything greater. Um, I'd be interested to see where Nick thinks, where he, he thinks, thinks a good uh, <laughs> starting point is because where I, I know that I'll probably, I think I'll probably rate it initially a little bit higher than you guys might. So I'd, I'd right. be curious to see where Nick thinks is how it seemed like you enjoyed this the least out of all of us. Where would you start? Where, where would be the starting point? Is it better than um, escape clause? 
Better than one for the angels. It's better than Purple Testament. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is this the greatest episode ever? <laughs> we should put it down with a fever just for the music alone. Um, no, don't uh, judge on that. No, I'm, I, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> I, I think know, this I is. I when think I heard that music, the, I was like. <laughs> I think this is in the third from the sun elegy execution area, is where I think. Yeah, that's, that's uh, middle ish. Uh, yeah, that's actually a little bit under the middle, um, but yeah, right there around the middle ish of it all. Mm-hmm. I think elegy mm-hmm. and third from the sun have better overall uh, storytelling factors, but. At this point in this list, I, I, I can concede anywhere. It's it's basically what you guys think. Um, I'm not going to be upset if it's above LG. I'm not going to be upset if it's below LG. I'm just kind of, it's a fine episode like LG and Third from the Sun. The problem is because of the ending to Third from the Sun, do you think it works? Like, I don't know. Well, I think that it, much like LG, Third from the Sun, not so much Escape Claws. Uh, last flight is that the guys in the hospital that kept disappearing no i think the that's the guy that, that comes in past. from the yeah time yeah, travel one oh yeah, yeah yeah okay well all right well with those two escape uh, uh lg and third from the sun those are also top heavy episodes they're episodes that rely totally on that twist in the end the whole thing is just setting up to that now i will say and this one is too i will say that well, third from the sun for some probably wasn't as interesting. I think it has the most in common with this one where it's just kind of a episode's fine. It's not boring. It's just kind of, yeah, things are happening, but you're waiting the whole time. You're waiting for what's going to happen. And then you get to the end and bam, I think third from the sun's big banger ending. That's a hell of an ending. Yeah. Um, I would probably put it above this one, but as far as elegy, but I would also put third from the sun above elegy, but elegy looking at it subjectively while it is very top heavy too and it's very reliant on the thing the twist the very end of it i think it has other things that pick your brain and get you your gears to turning as it's going on what's going on in this town why are all these people frozen you know all yeah who's this lawyer yeah i mean a mayor yada 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 the episode wasn't fantastic but it still has things that get you to think and the whole time this one doesn't really have a lot of that I mean, it happens. Everything is very at face value. Um, it, it's all reliant, much like uh, Third from the Sun. It's very reliant on that end. So just where we're at right now compared to those, me, myself, I would probably put it at under Third from the Sun, like Third from the Sun above it. So 18, I guess. 18. That's just my, my initial shot dissecting those episodes around it. I will say I enjoyed, I enjoyed Escape Clause more than this one. But, you know, it's a, a point is not going to change it a ton one way or the other. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm good between I'm good with have this being 18. But what do you think, Nick? I would actually put it at 17 just because I think this has more interesting than third from the sun. I mean, it's cool to have, you know, the third from the sun be earth is, you know, whatever. But I think there that's was really a lot of problems. Got. Yeah, that's, that's really, really all that episode's got. got. Yeah. It's a hell of an ending, but it's everything leading up to it. You start looking at it it's like everything that led up to it was just some people getting ready to go on a trip dude it's got that crazy <laughs> swedish phone the creeper that, guy. Is, that in its yeah, own the, the cobra <laughs> yeah exactly the guy, I mean... the guy looking over the window <laughs> yeah exactly the who's... wilson <laughs> the creeper wilson <laughs> yep, but i mean exactly. yeah I'm, I'm with you i, I do think that I could, I could i could go with that i could say that it is it would go above third from the sun i think it does have 
Or yeah, yeah, that's what you're saying, right? Yeah, 17. I could go with that. Yeah. I'm good with that. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah I'm good with that. I, I can give up the awesome devil for, for that because, you know, the rest of the episode is what it is. Remember when... I mean, uh, I can throw a monkey wrench in this whole thing and say, I think it's better than perchance to dream. <laughs> but you say that every week. You should have like a t-shirt that says that. I know. I think everything, not everything. There's been a lot of things. Is fever better than perchance to dream? No, no. <laughs> no just, not at all. <laughs> once we start, in all honesty, once we start getting up to, let me look here. Fever, Forbes Dying, 16 millimeter shrine. There's, where's everybody's judgment night? Uh, I'd say around number 23, I shot an arrow into the air. That's where I would have, uh, in our current list, that's where I would have perchance to dream. It just did not do anything for me. But, you know, it is what it is. Yep. I'll live with it. <laughs> I'll complain about it every week, and then I'll just... Hey, like, right. It's my 16-millimeter like... shrine. True. <laughs> that is one thing, Nick. I haven't given you shit about 16-millimeter shrine in forever. That's because I refuse I continue to talk to... about it. Damn it! I continue <laughs> to continuously bring it up, but... Yay! To no avail. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk about it. I try and get that fire fueled, but it just doesn't work. Yeah. Well, you know, being that we it's don't have anything to call us back to 16-millimeter shrine now... Like there's no, you know, sign of the uh, stairs or anything. So Nan Adams wasn't in that one. No, R.I.P. One of the. Yeah, she was, was she chaser. in this one. <laughs> she, she was, was actually the. Ch- that's what it was. Potion. She was the chaser. Yeah. She was off screen waiting for her to take it, and that would be her, her, uh, her cue. Come in. <laughs> yeah, you see the headlights. I guess the director's cut. You see the headlights coming towards. Like, how'd you get in the house? I don't care. She's she's driving around the void between those two sets of doors. Why is there a car in the house? Same reason there's a car in space, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) It's a nightmare alley or nightmare. uh, Or is it the what's the other show that Ross Sterling did? It's like the upside night gallery. uh, Yeah, night gallery. gallery, Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so that'll do it uh yeah so the four of us are dying leaves the list goes into the second list to be uh buddies with the fever so there's <laughs> like there's two concurrent lists or whatever but um yeah so moving up to number 17 is going to be the chaser and like i said you know 31 and 30 with the fever whatever in a different list and uh number one is still the monsters are doing maple street so yay yeah. nick can i can i suggest something for our list no but go ahead anyways i'm um, <laughs> just kidding <laughs> we're not moving for a chance to dream beyond that up let it go okay until next week um <laughs> might i suggest as i suggested because you, you you say that excuse me the list is a bit um Funky. of an issue to to edit and all that yeah because might i, I suggest it's so big they're so small <laughs> yeah what i mean how you use this is up to you but when it comes to my channel and I have a video and I'm not sure, you know, what do I do here? May I suggest explosions? <laughs> they seem to fix a lot. Blow some so shit I up. Just explode explode the number off the list. Maybe. Yeah. You know, I'm going to leave that in your, in your capable hands. But explosions. <laughs> you can do a lot with them. Explosions. Just, just explosions keep in kids returning videotapes and skateboards. <laughs> yeah, that's explosions and rentals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And sticks out your ass, that type of thing. Exactly. I, might get that. <laughs> I should I should have a stick in my hand the next time we do this. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> Thou shalt not. You shall not pass. <laughs> you shall not re-enter. Yeah. This duct you tape over. Shall not penetrate. You know what you need in that case to keep out the stick is just get a butt plug. But yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Butt plug. What the butt plug has a stick? You don't use a stick as a butt plug. You get a you get a quality. Who does that? Yeah, exactly. Do you do that? that? (laughs) You know what I do in my spare time. That is true. We don't. It's probably good, but we don't. (laughs) Ain't no beans on the butt plug. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Sure, probably it is a thing. The initial plug out. Oh God. Nick's gonna cancel the whole pod. He's gonna explode (laughs) the podcast now. Wait, where's the where's the end meeting button? No. Okay, so with that said, the next episode is season one, episode 32. It's called A Passage for Trumpet. I love this episode. It has a lot of uh, meaning. It's very heartwarming. It has a lot of passion behind it. Uh, Of course, Jack Klugman, famous for The Odd Couple, is the lead actor in this uh, episode. So we'll be looking forward to that. Uh, Just let you guys know that as, as of right now, as far as I can tell, uh rob who was in the walking distance episode will be back to talk this episode because he really loves this episode so hopefully if everything goes correct he'll be there for that episode for that next recording uh but yeah we'll look forward to that in the next week and with that said we are out and jacob if they want to find out how to remove certain objects out of their cavities where can they uh learn about that at i got my channel on (laughs) youporn.com Big sexy Jake. Um, anyway, no, uh, check out Jacob Andrews Reviews on YouTube. That's where I release videos every ever other day-ish. Sometimes every day. Depends on how I feel. Lots of explosions. Lots of sticks from asses. Lots of language <laughs> and big ass titties too. So come on, check it out. Um, there, I'm also on Twitter at rednevel.com. And I mean, rednevel2. Sorry, whatever. <laughs> You're doing a terrible job at this. Also, I have a gaming channel, Jacob Anders Gaming. Trying to grow that slowly but surely. Going to start streaming on there a lot more. And that's about it. Nothing big coming up for me at the moment. And Triv, I know you're looking for that next bright idea and that next video that you want to do. And people want to pitch you ideas on episodes and anal bees and blood plugs, apparently. Uh, Where can they find your channel? (laughs) You can find Trivial Theater slash Porn porn Store. Pornhub. Um, Pornhub, yeah, exactly. Cornhub. <laughs> yeah, Cornhub. There you go. Well, considering the neck of the woods I'm from, that makes sense. But uh, um, anyway, you can find me here on Trivial Theater, or here on Trivial Theater, for God's sake. You can find me here on YouTube at Trivial Theater. Um, I've got stuff in the pipeline. Uh, just a matter of figuring out what's coming first and who's coming second and what's on third and, <laughs> and who's coming on third <laughs> exactly who's coming oh, first God. who's sticky. coming second and who's coming on third yeah there's, there's sticky some sticky molasses situation yeah. oh, oh, oh. Uh, six alarm fires yeah oh god <laughs> um so yeah the, there's a couple things coming up over there uh hopefully if everything goes to plan anyway uh you can also see me on twitter at trivia underscore chick awesome and with myself you know where you can find me. I am Movie Emporium. I don't know why it's an emporium. It's just one guy reading off a list of movies, but no, I'm kidding. Uh, I have my videos there, my reviews, all that good stuff. This is, of course, where the, the this Fifth Dimension podcast lies. 
but yeah, like I said, just find me there. And as always, we have podcast version, uh, audio feeds on Apple, Amazon, Google Play, I think Spotify as well, if I remember right. So if you want us to succeed, you know, rate, subscribe, all that good stuff, give us stars, uh, maybe something else special. I don't know. Just figure out ways to, to keep us going. But with that said, for myself, Jacob, and of course, Triv, we'll see you on another time in the fifth dimension. Peace out, guys. If you really like us, we'll let you chew on our pipe all day. <laughs>